Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and welcome to the Gallant Few Rangers podcast. My name's Colin McDuff and I'm delighted to be on hosting the usual Sunday night slot at half eight or just after half eight. Um, Virgin Media uh, playing funny buggers in the McDuff Palace means we're a few minutes late but we're here now. Uh, Tonight we are changing the, the setup ever so slightly. Instead of all the latest going on at Rangers, we're going to get an in-depth discussion on all things B-team and academy. This is off the back of the announcement that Rangers are not going to be entering a team into the Lowland League next season, so I thought it's a good time. It's good a time as any to really get in about the the rights, the wrongs, the whys, what's and where's, and really what do we do going forward? So I've got a stellar lineup tonight. Um, first of all, uh, Gallant View stalwart Bill from the north. How are you, my man? Very well, thank you. Good, sir. Good to be on. Uh, hopefully a nice relaxing Sunday evening chat. And among what I understand, is tremendous heat for you fellows. It's nice and breezy and cool up here. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, great to be on. No, good to have you on, and um, thanks for rubbing it in, seeing as we are like, it feels as if we are living in fucking Vietnam or something here, you know, with the humidity, but good to know that you've got your aircon working. Um, also joining us today from uh, Rangers Rabble fame, and of course, uh, the master behind the RFC Youth Updates, it's Willie Elvin, how are you, mate? Sweating so much, it's untrue, but that's for a totally different time, but I was... I said to you I would eventually come on the podcast and obviously we, we bumped into each other at a family event recently, so here I am, you've you forced my arm in, I'm here. I know, aye, that was a, a wee, aye, wee kid's birthday party, she's like, oh, right, well, how you doing, aye, oh, that bouncy castle's funny, why come on the pod, please, please, <laughs> please come on the pod. <laughs> yeah, that's basically what happened. Right. So for MD that Disney know or Disney follow the Rangers Rabble or you on Twitter, tell us a wee bit about what you do on Twitter and on the Rabble, Billy. Basically, just follow the academy. Um, also, I watch the first team as well, clearly. But um, I try and catch when like the under sixteens, the under eighteens, and up until recently, you know, the B team or the reserves, depending on how you look at it. Um, try and kind of follow those games, get to them as as often as I can. Try and update people on you know the players that are doing well. Um, obviously, over the last few years, we've seen quite a few of them break into the first team, which has been great. Um, and obviously. I sort of keep an eye on the guys that move on and I've been impressed with some of the standards in the Lowland League as well, to be fair. There's been good and bad moments in it for the team, but I've really enjoyed the last couple of years personally and I think it's definitely benefited some of the younger players in the group. Brilliant. So I think yeah, you're, you're well-versed and um, well-educated in tonight's uh, topic of conversation, so um, that's uh, definitely got to be a plus point. Last and by no means least, um, Scott, from SM Media. Thanks for coming on, mate. Always a pleasure, mate. Thank you very much for asking. 
No, no, pleasure's all yours and definitely pleasure's Bills, honestly. I thought I was going to have to separate you two beforehand. Um, I know Bill's a big fan. But um, again, like, tell us a wee bit about SM Media Straw and what's going on over your neck of the woods. I busy time. Uh, we're in the process of launching our own kind of Rangers channel. It's going to be called the, the Rangers Assessment. That's going to launch on the 17th of July. So a month to get everything ready. We're going to have our Rangers exclusive podcast kind of once every, once every week. So... Hoping there'll be three guests going forward lined up for that. And obviously we're going to have like daily articles building the team of kind of writers and things like that. We are where the plan was originally to focus on the, the men's, women's and B team. Now I think the B team will be probably kiboshed for, for our schedule for a wee bit. But again, I just uh, an exclusive kind of Rangers channel. Got a lot of Rangers fans that follow the channel and with the kind of amount of stuff that we put out, it's never we're never always able to kind of get into that kind of Rangers fan base. So this is going to be a a channel where we can exclusively look at that so that's going to be something going forward and i'm certainly hoping i can pick up a few followers and subscribers in the back of this because this is one of the, the best podcasts certainly rangers wise that's a big plug for you there colin oh i don't know if it's um the heat being giving me a beamer <laughs> or the embarrassment <laughs> but no um like sorry, i'm a big fan of the, um, your channel can't wait to see the um, the Rangers assessment, like listeners will know, um, I'd rather we go to any fan media or alternative content than go to the mainstream. Um, so I think the more Rangers channels, the more Rangers content I can get for myself, the better. And I'm sure the listeners are the same. So 17th of July, look out for that. Um, so, gents, that's the pleasantries out of the way. Let's get in about this um, chat. And the, the reason I do want to really get in about it, over the last... Um, probably the last six months when we do these live streams, there's always questions coming in for the listeners about, you know, your Alex Lowry or your Adam Devine, Leon King. And also questions about players that some of the listeners are watching on the B team and, okay, what's happening with them? Like, how, you know, how far away are they away from um, stepping into the first team? And there's also the question that, what is the plan for the academy going forward? We've obviously made a big song and dance about trying to restructure it and spending a bit more time. How we got to see it? So we never really do it justice in terms of when we cover it off this pod, but hopefully we can do that tonight. Um, Bill, I've got to start with you. Um, off the off the back of Rangers announcement on the Lowland League, let's look back first before we look forward. Over the last two years, do you think it's been a worthwhile venture for Rangers entering a team into the Lowland League? Well, I think that, you know, when th- th- this idea was first proposed, that Rangers put a team into the Lowland League and obviously the other half of the city, um, I remember thinking at the time it was a great idea, actually, because rather than playing in what could have been meaningless games, they were actually playing men's football, these younger players, and they were playing against guys who actually had something riding on these games, you know. So it was, it was competitive football uh, compared to what, you know, they would have done before, whether it had been in the reserve league or youth games or whatever. So I, I thought it was a really good idea at the time. Kind of disappointed that, you know, because I, if I think about whether or not it's been a success or a failure, what I really think about, you know, what that means to me is, have we had good players throughout the first team because of the, the B team in the academy setup? And kind of disappointed at the lack of that. I know we've got... Um, and thanks, Curry, for the compliment on my shirt. That's uh, really, really nice. You normally get a slagging for my shirts off the of Curry Man shirt, but that, that's that's a genuinely, genuinely nice uh, sentiment there. Yeah, normally, um, you know, when I, I think about success or failure, it's about whether we've had players through. So I've been disappointed that we've not had more players come into the first team on a regular basis. We have had some really exciting players, you know, come through. Like I, I really like Alex Lowry, for example. I think he's a very exciting player. And I think he's still only 19. Um, you know, he's, he's got uh, a bright future ahead of him. I would have liked to have seen him in a Rangers jersey more this season in the first team, but understand, you know, with his age and all of that. And there's, there's also the thing about the pressure to win every game. So it makes it difficult for the younger guys. And that's always been the case. But, you know, somebody like that, like Alex Lowry, I think the, the experience of playing in these games where it does mean something, that's, definitely helped his development, you know, and I, th- I think it'll be the same for like a lot of the guys. It's, it will have helped their development by playing in these types of games. Well, in terms of has it been a, a success or not, I think um, 
I think that depends on your what you think the end goal is um, and how realistic that is. For me, I don't think it's realistic to get, I don't know, five players every year stepping up to the first team and then they're going to be first team regulars for six, seven years. The current crop we go through, we had Nathan Bars and then Leon King, Adam Devine, Alex Lowry. For me, I think maybe maybe one every year or every two years to come in and actually be a regular first team player is success. So I don't know, how, how do you see the last two years over the in the Lowland League, do you think it's been a success or have probably been a wee bit too, too kind there? No, look, the first season I thought was really good. Um, that was a very strong Rangers team that first year. You know, when you look at the players we had, guys like Leon played basically every single game. He played next to Kyle McClellan who moved on to Hibs. Um, you look at the midfielder Cole McKinnon, who was outstanding um, in the championship up until the new manager comes in at Partick Thistle and decides that he's not going to use him anymore. Um, I thought we were a really exciting team in that first year. And the fact that we went to Bonnyrigg and beat them 5-2, um, that was one of our best performances at that level. I thought we were absolutely brilliant that day. Charlie McCann as well was brilliant. And I think there was a bit of an arrogance around maybe some of the supporters at Bonnyrigg. I think when we kind of rolled up with a young team, they were quite a physical team, Bonnyrigg. The big guy up front was was a particularly big chap. And he put himself about with Leon and Kyle early doors. And it probably wasn't something the boys had ever experienced before. Because the guy was all arms and legs. He was throwing his body about. And see, by the end of the match, the boys were loving it. You know, they were getting involved in the physical stuff. And that's it's stuff like that you don't really see at the younger age groups. And you're not going to see it until you play men's football. Um, the second season, I don't think there was as much expectation. And that's not been disrespectful to the players that played and like the season that's just passed. But when you look at the guys that had moved up to the first team, in particular guys like Alex, Leon, Adam, it's it's hard to replace those type of players, you know, and it's really difficult to to keep kind of churning out that level of quality every single season. This season I think the guys did better than expected, if I'm honest. I thought we would have been fourth or fifth. So to finish second, um was actually quite good for that group, if I'm totally honest. And I think there was a lot of positives to take for this year and that we kind of found ways to grind out wins, which, yet again, you don't really get that at the younger age groups. And it's not until you start playing competitively you kind of understand how you need to grind out wins or sort of grind out a draw sometimes when things aren't going your way. And that's something that will be missed moving forward. Um whether it's best versus best, which obviously we've done previously a few years ago, or there is other plans in place for Rangers to go and play maybe in set tournaments every month. I'm not too sure. It's hard to kind of gauge what's going to happen next, but I do think the Lowland League's been worthwhile in terms of the players. They get to experience the competitive nature of men's football. They've also played, obviously, in the Challenge Cup of the Trust Trophy, whatever it is they call it now. We've had the Glasgow Cup, played obviously in Europe, which has been great. Um, so for these young players, it's been a f- fantastic couple of years for some of them to experience what it's like to actually be like in a first-team player almost in terms of what's expected of you when you walk on that pitch and there's three points up for grabs. Scott, I think the the big counter-argument to whether it's been a success or not, whether it's a mistake to pull out pull out of it or not, easy for me to say, sorry. Um as the jump for a young player to go from the the fifth tier in Scottish football to potentially a Champions League squad. Um, we've seen Leon King put into the baptism of fire um last year, which I think he we a lot of fans were maybe a wee bit harsh on. But I think that's been mm-hmm. in the conversation in terms of is it the right move to pull out or not? That's the that's probably the big one, the big pro for pulling out, but it's too big a, a jump. What's your thoughts on Fair Rangers' point of view? Is it right or not to to stop it? I, I don't know because I I kind of see both sides of it, and I'm obviously kind of speak speak to a lot of kind of like for lack of a better term, kind of managers and kind of players from the fifth tier, and they say like they they see a lot of excitement with the likes of the B teams come up against them, there's a different level for them. They're playing against guys who maybe five, ten years down the line are going on a big career, so they're looking at it from that kind of side and going, 
we're seeing these guys young and we're only going to see them prosper going forward. So we're getting them at a, a young age. And I've always been of the mindset that as a young player, you need to play against older players to get better. That's simple. So to have the the way the way it was, I remember kind of nine, you were playing against the same group of players when you were like nine till you were 17. And that just doesn't, that wasn't a, a progressive way forward because you were just playing against the same group of players. You weren't learning anything. You were just play, it was the same crop coming through. And that's kind of why kind of Scottish players weren't really getting anywhere. So this was a, it was a new kind of avenue to go down the lower league route. Has it worked? I would say no, but we'll get into that maybe in a, a minute or so. The, the reason for pulling out is obviously kind of unknown. We don't know the kind of full reasons. Kind of hearing wee whispers kind of here and there, but I think there's a lot more to come out regarding that. I don't I don't know. I, I, the honest answer is I don't know. I think it's still too early to say if it's a, it's a good decision or not. Whether it's been a, a, a positive I think no, because you've had you haven't had a consistent player in the team. The only one really has been Leon King. The point you made there about uh, the jump from fifth tier to Champions League are Rangers Rangers Celtic Hearts are they going to go unless there's a really talented fifth player in the fifth tier, like a really young, prosperous player? Are they going to go and sign him? And is he going to go straight into the first team? No. So that tells you the kind of standard of the lower league. So. It was always going to be a case of this was just a case of getting young players a chance against kind of ready-made players who have a bit of experience. There's a lot of Lowland League players who've came for the kind of SPFM setup, who are kind of big guy, big kind of big hard as nails guys. Are there's not a Lowland League. There's a lot of talented players, but a lot of defenders, for example, they're they're kind of either by their best or they're kind of rough and ready types, and that's no disrespect to the Lowland League, but that's the standard of what you're going to play against. And it is a massive jump going from that, the standard of that then to, to then get into a first team. There's not there's not been enough. And this is from all three teams. I know Hearts obviously just took part in it this year. Not, can you name me one player from either of the three Lowland League B teams that went, that's went on to have a, a kind of consistent run in a first team? The only one off the top of my head is Leon King, but I wouldn't say Leon King get in the first team because he was standing out in the Lowland League, he really got into the first team because there wasn't any other options in defence. So it's not been enough of a, a project to go, right, this is this is absolutely what, let's keep this going. And that's kind of where the problem lies. I don't think, I think it's way too early to say if it's been a, a, pot, a, like a, a good idea pull out of the Lowland League. It's difficult to see. If Hearts are staying in, I don't know where Celtic stand. My thoughts are that Celtic will probably join Rangers because it was a joint proposal of the Conference League I'm hearing. So it's it's, it's really difficult to, to really say right now. But overall, I would say the Lone League, it, it didn't fulfil its target, which was to get more players in the first team. So I don't think you can say it was a success. I think um, there's. I, I do want to come to the Conference League um, proposal as well uh, because it's. I, I don't think it's. We've really spoke about it enough as like uh, the Rangers fan base. What it would mean, or um, definitely not on the body, like the potential impact of that. I don't think that's going to go away. Even though the proposal has been rejected, I still think we'll see that really said over the next few few years. But Bill, um, in terms of the here and now, what happens going forward? And my my fear is. Like regardless of what you think about the standard of the Lowland League, um, whether you know it was at a high enough level or not, it did provide competitive football, as the, the gents have just said, playing against men, having to win, having that pressure. I'm worried now that it's going to be intermittent games, so we know that Rangers are entering an under-19 team in the Autumn Cup in PSV. That's not a August, what happens then? We've hopefully got the UEFA Youth League. What happens in between hands? But how often do you get a best be vest? And is that going to be enough for them? Right, it's difficult. And, you know, I think if you are going to develop, and, you know, following on from what Scott said about has it been a success, probably not because of not getting the, the young players through with enough regular first team players, whatever. I think you're right, Scott, but. What what is the alternative? You know, it's it's like, where are we going to get these these kids competitive games? Because that's what they need. You know, I think there's no no two ways about that. Now that we've seen it, um, to play in a reserve league or something like that, where it's not competitive, where there's there's nothing really on the line. 
And how's it doing their development? Any good? Scott made a really good point about you play against the same guys for when you're nine to your 17, you know, and that's what the Lowland League was moving us away from. So it's, it's going to be really, really difficult. Um, another thing to think about was in the, the comments about Zach Lovelace and, um, you know, like the, the best youngsters being attracted because we had that set up where the the youth players could play in competitive games and how we're we going to attract youngsters now. So it's really difficult. See, like if you're not getting your your young players proper competitive games, how are they going to grow? How are they going to develop? And it's not just about like their physical development um, and, you know, being up against guys that will put it about and things like that. It's also about the mentality that comes for that, you know, being able to get that that winning mentality. Um, so intermittent games going forward and all this best v best stuff, I, I don't know how that kind of sporadic stop-start nature is going to really develop these players. I think we really need something to replace the Lowland League. And I know I know you'll come on to talk about the, the conference proposals, so I'm not really mention that now. But um, I, I don't know what the answer to that is. Well, I know you've spent a lot of time looking at um, various age groups and like different tournaments they've played in. So before the long league, how viable were, was the option of playing in the UEFA Youth League? Because as much as I'm saying I don't like it, we did get a license Nathan Patterson breaking through. It's where, it's, you know, it's where we harnessed the talent of Billy Gilmore before he went down to Chelsea. So probably our two big successes, um, if you like, for the academy have came pre Logan League. So is there, you know, is there merit in the best be best and the other options? Yeah, look, the best versus best games were, were different because I think as Scott kind of pointed out, we were only playing against the same faces all the time. So when we come up against teams like Bayern Munich and Ajax, and then we played other teams from Belgium, and then we played quite a few of the English teams. We even played some of the Scottish teams um, who had slightly stronger opposition out, shall we say. So like it wasn't like the same age group. They sometimes had first-team guys in amongst the group. So that season was very good. And the fact that Rangers were able to go to Munich and beat Bayern, and they were able to go to Amsterdam and beat Ajax. So I think the players over that season realised that they had to up the ante. And look, I'm not trying to be like sort of disrespectful towards it. Scotland. I think in Scotland up until under 18s, a lot of good happens. I think the big problem in Scotland is that once the players are too old to the under 18s, there is nothing there. Because like the reserve league they put out last season wasn't really worth the paper that it was written on. Like I think there was like nine games in the league or ten games. I mean, that's that's pointless doing that. And I think that's why Rangers and Celtic really weren't interested in it, because they couldn't have a group of boys basically playing nine or ten games. And then they would have to fit everything else around it. To me, the best versus best is good as long as you're playing strong opposition and the players have been tested. Like, I can't remember, I think it was Leicester that gave us a bit of a beating at Ibrooks. And I remember we got played off the park off Leicester. But then I think it was maybe like a month before the end of that season, we went down to Leicester and played them in their own patch. And we did to them what they did to us. And over that season, we gradually get stronger and stronger and stronger. And I think a lot of that came from the impact of playing better teams and being tested against better players. And I think, quite simply, it's hard to do that in Scotland unless Rangers or Celtic or any other B team were going to play maybe in like the Championship in Scotland, which isn't going to happen anytime soon, clearly. So what other options did like Rangers have? To me... The only other thing they could do is do like a British league where they were somehow accepted into like the England under 21 pyramid or there was some type of system where there would be X amount of Scottish teams, X amount of English teams and they played in some type of league format. There would need to be something there because the problem with best versus best is it comes at a big cost because if you're travelling to Spain, Italy, Germany, Holland, Belgium, all these other places, they aren't cheap. When you're having to book flights, book hotels, mm-hmm. all of the you know the costs that come with that. So it's it's extremely difficult. A lot of people have messaged me about like the Brentford B idea, but like it's hard to say it. But I mean Brentford have a bottomless pot of money compared to what Rangers and Celtic have. So a B team to them spending say 
10, 15 million a season. And that includes obviously bringing in players and developing the players. I mean, I think they could signed one of the best players that South Korea had at like the under-20 championship, which I think they spent like a couple of million pounds on him today. And he's going to get into their B team. And, and they'll play in all these different tournaments all over the world. You know, they play in Asia, South America, North America. Like they travel all over playing these games. And the kind of simple reality of it is they don't, they actually don't really need any of these guys to break into the first team, but they think this is the best system by like picking off some of the best young players, bringing them into this B team format and playing these games. So as it's, it's difficult I just don't know if playing non-competitive games again is going to be good for the players, although they'll probably be playing against um, better opposition, would we say. And that's not been disrespectful towards the Lowland League because when guys are playing for Bayern Munich and Ajax, I think most people would accept that those guys at that level are probably better than the guys that are in the Lowland League. And that's just kind of where Rangers are. But if they do best versus best, I think you're probably looking at seven figures. Um, so, you know, whose budget does that come out of and, you know, all the other stuff that comes with it? It's it's an endless kind of thankless task, if I'm honest, and it's one of these debates that could roll on for, for a long time. As and, you know, <laughs> even regardless of what Rangers spend the money on, if it's not a nice new shiny player, then fans are really going to back up. I mean, I mean, you'll probably see the chat about the new disabled facilities and some fans are even saying that that should go to, um, go to a, a transfer war chest, but yeah, I don't really see the appetite for spending seven figures on the B team if that's how we are, which is generally getting your fans to... Um, I mean, see, just quickly, I mean, for instance, we see a lot of people who have in the past said, well, why don't you just scrap the academy and have a B team? But then at that point, I don't think a club the size of Rangers cannot have an academy. I really don't think they could afford to not. Because at the end of the day, there's there's a lot of talented young players at the academy. Some as young as like 12, 13, 14, etc. But if one of those guys who's wanting to play for the first team and moves on like Nathan Patterson... That's a, a small fortune to Rangers. You know, if you add in Billy Gilmer, who's obviously brought in several millions of pounds to Rangers, Nathan Patterson, you've got uh, Rory Wilson at some point will probably move on to Aston Villa. And Rangers got a fair, fair amount of money for Charlie McGann. Yeah, yeah. As well. and obviously, if you look at Deere Mabudi, I mean, he's been unbelievably good at Manchester City. If they decide to sell him this summer, Rangers will probably get 10, 15, 20% of that sell on value. So that could be another million, million and a half pounds that we wouldn't have if we just shut down the academy and shifted all the money into the first team. And somebody like Zach Lovelace, if you look at Zach, he costs Rangers about 300,000 pounds. Rangers could probably sell him right now and make three, four, five times what they bought him for. Because see, when you become an England under 17 international, like him and Archie Stevens, your value is going to increase. So I think Rangers will do similar this summer. I think we'll try and pick off one or two young players in England because I think they see that as a way of doing business. Because the reality is, even if these guys don't hit the first team, they will probably sell them for a reasonably good profit. That, that's what we need to get to for the for the academy. Um, you know, uh, no every Rangers, no every player that comes through the academy doors mm-hmm. is really end up a Rangers first team player. But we do need to make it profitable. And I don't, I don't want to make it sound like we want to get to the Man City Chelsea stage. But we, I don't want fifty players out on loan. But we do want to be selling players on for more money than what we invested in them. Um, Scott, I'm going to bring you in. We'll kick start the Conference League um, proposal chat because I think it's. It, I think it's quite important um, for for Rangers um, in terms of like our impact and that, but for Scottish football in general as well. So correct me if I'm wrong. The Scottish um, Conference League proposal was a tier in between League Two and the Highland and Lowland League. There's going to be four or five B teams who could never get promoted or never relegated for the Conference League, and the other spaces would be made up for the top two teams for the Lowland League and Highland League. Just meaning that you're you're getting weak, um, you're getting weak football, um, but it's a it's a kind of closed group. Um, is that pretty much the setup of it? So, yeah, essentially. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a the plan was sorry. The plan was for four B teams to be involved, and now we're going to be 
Celtic Rangers Hearts and Aberdeen. Aberdeen were never really into it, so they pulled out almost instantly. The thing with the Conference League, guys, is that it's, there's wee parts of a good idea, but the two boundaries they had were is that the SPFL teams were never going to vote it through mm-hmm. because they didn't. Obviously, yes, they would have seen that as a, a kind of extra wee parachute. Like if they say, for example, Albion Rovers would go down to a fifth tier as opposed to the Lowland League, even going from League 2 to the Lowland League is like a ridiculous drop in money. So these, you've obviously got a wee bit of a kind of safety net for those teams, but the way they looked at it was, what are we actually gaining out of this? Yes, it's a fifth tier, but it's essentially another relegation, so it doesn't really make a difference to us. The other teams, the other side of the pyramid where you've got a essentially we're going to relegate what 200 teams none of them were going to vote that through that was it was a ridiculous plan ridiculous plan the problem with it was from a from an sfa point of view is is that they didn't really think of anything other than the people proposing it so they saw it as yeah it was brought in to improve the likes of like it kept they kept putting out we want to be on a par with holland and croatia do you know how much Holland and Croatia put into their youth setups? Way more than Scotland do. So you can't really do that if you're not going to invest the money. Yeah. Clubs were never going to vote it through. Clubs were, There was no way that was going to happen. And Rangers, Celtic, Rangers, it was kind of mainly Rangers. It was a Rangers, Rangers proposal. My big thing is, and I know we're talking about the Conference League, the Conference League was, a, was, was doomed from the start because it was never going to get the votes the mistake they made with it was is that they didn't they, they cancelled it before the, the voting. So they had enough people, they had enough teams putting out a statement saying they weren't going to vote it through. So they thought, why run a vote anyway? They've done that, in my opinion, to allow this to, to kind of read its head again, see if they submit another proposal. That means that they, they haven't been voted, it hasn't been voted down. Whereas what they should have done is allowed the votes to just go as normal and therefore. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You would never have heard this again. The Roman League, I think, again, it does open up this question as from a competitive point of view, where does, where does it leave Rangers? Not great, to be honest, but I think it's been allowed. I think they, they cancelled the vote, so another kind of rejig of the proposal can be put through. One that potentially might not require a vote. So that, to me, is the kind of problem here. There's that there seems to be talk in the background of another proposal that involves similar idea, but one that's not going to require voting. By doing that, you're going to have two hundred clubs in the West, South, East, Midlands League, East, like there's so many te- so many teams will be absolutely furious for that. So that'll leave that'll make things a hundred times worse than they are now. But from a Rangers point of view, it isn't great. It looks to me, and I'm I know a, there was a thing in social media just after Rangers announced that, it looked to me a bit like spitting the dummies out of the tram because you didn't get your way. That's what it looked like to me. Now I might be wrong. Again, somebody from Rangers can say whether that's the case or not. I don't really know what the, if that's totally, that's what it looks like to me because I don't see how you then have all your eggs into the Conference League basket. That doesn't go through, but so instead we're going to just get rid of, get rid of our team from the, the fifth tier altogether and leave them with nothing. Leave guys well in the wilderness because you're going to have a lot of players next season who are 
say Hearts, for example, stay in it. Hearts seem to be staying in it. That's going to be 30, 38 games, 36 games they're going to have next season that Rangers won't have. Rangers will have to look for another way to play the 36 games. So where do you go from here? The Conference League might have worked if they had if they'd opened it to say 15, 20 teams. They've had it as a I'm sick of 10 team leagues, to be honest, playing each other four times a season. I'm fed up it. Um, I know you can't really change it in the Premiership because obviously the TV money is insistent in the, the four old firm games. But if I'm a Elgin City fan, I don't want to be going to Arnon four times. A, I'm go, don't want to be going to Arnon twice a season. I don't want them to be coming to us twice a season. So that to me, we need bigger leagues. We need a 16, 18, 20 team league. We need to play twice a season because that's the way it is the now is boring. So if you're going to rejig the pyramid, try and do it a good way. Have I wouldn't have had an issue with, uh, for example, they put Rangers, Rangers, Celtic, and Hearts B into the into a, a new League One. Have three tiers in the SPFL instead of four, and that way you could maybe have put them in there, kept them in there, make it an eighteen team league, and then that way you're you're still getting your thirty four games or whatever, but you're also playing against better opposition, and that could only be a good thing. As someone who's a vocal supporter of the Reserve League and how it was back in the day, William, you'll remember, I'll never, I'll, one of my earliest memories watching football was going to a game at Kilmarnock, I think it maybe early 2000s. Claudio Canidia was playing, Russell Latape was playing, and you had the likes of like Charlie Adam, Ross McCormack, remember Bob Davidson, guys like that, all playing against each other. I mean, that to me is what Reserve football should be. You should have a a Bailey Rice, who I'm a huge fan of. You should have him have the opportunity to play alongside like a, a Ryan Jack if Ryan Jack's mm-hmm. going back from injury. You can't buy experience like that. That's where we're going wrong because we don't have that. We've got, as we say, like Charlie McCann's a perfect example. Charlie McCann was thriving in the Logan League, but thought, I'm away to Forest Green to get more first team football. That should never be happening. Mm-hmm. And it was all because he was just got he was in the B team every week and he's probably went into I think maybe Gio was a manager at the time and said where do, you, where do I fit in this first team? And they can't, they don't have a place for him because he's not that, he's not had that experience playing it against the like, playing with the likes of a, a Stephen Davis or a Ryan Jack. That's money, that's experience that money can't buy. So that to me is where the reserve league should be. And I totally agree with all your statements about the reserve league. The now the reserve league, the now is essentially just the youth development league, league with the old name. That's what it is. I went and watched Kilmarnock and Hibs a few weeks ago, just before the season finished. A lot of good talent in there, but I'm just like, how many of these guys will I see four or five years from now playing in the first team? I certainly don't think this will be benefiting them because they're just playing, they're just playing youth club, youth football against the same guys they've probably played since they were a boys club, and that to me isn't the way Scottish football. Scottish football needs to improve. And then you can look at the parrot the across the. Like Holland, for example, the Ajax, Ajax second team, for example, always bring through good players. They play with them. They play like B games during the week where they've got guys coming back from injury. So they've got football Monday, Wednesday, Saturday. They're playing three games a week. One game they're playing against guys for the for the second tier. One that they're playing against. One day they're playing against guys in their own kind of league, their own like a youth league. Wednesday they're playing like reserve league. That's the way it should be. You should have three games a week. That costs money, but you can't about that. That's how you improve. You'll know improve in a conference league with ten teams, where you could essentially finish fifth and get promoted, or sixth and get relegated. Because that's that to me is where that idea was shocking, and was never ever going to see the light of day because no teams were ever going to vote that through. Bill, just to bring you in in the in the conference league, um, if we went back maybe a year ago and the news started to break about the. Um, the European Super League, the breakaway league, and I think most football fans were up in arms. And I was, I was on this podcast with my Red Beret on, and you know, like power to the people saying it's an absolute farce. Any club who ever suggests that to be should be ashamed of themselves. And I was quite annoyed when Rangers have been part of this conference league. I don't like the idea of closed door leagues and. And remember, and I know it's just uh, the conference league and the fifty of the Scottish football. I, what Scott said there. Um, about coming sixth in the league or fifth in the league and you're still getting relegated. It's nonsense. I don't want to be a part of that. And, you know, that's, I'm a big one for, I think, the best way that Rangers improves in terms of European and global football is by playing in a better league. We're not going to go anywhere. So I think we need to help try and improve Scottish football. But, you know, that's a whole podcast in itself. But for me, I, I, do, I did like the idea 
of you know maybe another league maybe not 10 teams but you know a bigger league in the in the Scottish football pyramid but I don't know is it too much to propose that the B teams can get promotion and relegation because I think it has to work both ways I think for, for a Rangers point of view you need to find your level so if you know that you're the Longland League to Rangers right now is too big a jump. You know, League Two might not be as big a jump. League One might not be as big a jump. But I do think they need to merit it um, the academy. What's your What's your thoughts on it all in all? It's an interesting one, and I think there are, you know, some countries where your B teams can be promoted and relegated. Um, so you know, is there wouldn't it be unheard of in the world of football? I think the the Conference League, the biggest stickler that I saw with it, and what Scott kind of mentioned, you're never going to get all those clubs to vote for it because if you put a new league in between, you know, League Two and the, the Highland and Lowland Leagues, you're essentially, you're demoting, I have no idea how many teams that would be, 100 or 200 or something, you know, you're, you're demoting everybody by a division, aren't you? By a tier in the pyramid because you're inserting a new league in there. I think the idea of, you know, bigger League One and League Two or bigger championship and a big League One or something like that, 18 to 20 teams. That may be the way forward. Um, personally, I'm probably really attracted to the idea that a B team can be promoted or relegated. I think that's really helpful in terms of finding the level. Um, and, you know, what Scott was talking about, where guys like, you know, Charlie McCann or somebody isn't getting the experience of playing alongside experienced first-team players, who are maybe on the way back injury or whatever, is there maybe an argument for making it a B team? Is your academy stroke reserve team and you do have some first team players in there? You know, the, there are all sorts of avenues that could be explored there. Um, I don't think the Conference League was going to be the vehicle for it going forward. And again, as Scott said, you know, that's the, they've, they've not had a formal vote on it, I don't think. So that's fine. They can sort of shelf the idea for now and then perhaps come back to it. But the the SFA and the SPFL, you know, they need to do some thinking about how Scottish football is actually going to develop and go forward. If we're not going to invest in the youth setup and and have these types of structures that they have in other countries, then we're going to perhaps need to be a bit more creative. And there are a lot of good ideas floating around out there, you know, like the, the stuff about maybe making League One bigger or, you know, doing something with the, the English League and maybe Northern Ireland and Wales or something. There are lots of good ideas floating around out there. Um, personally, I don't know where my opinion is. I don't have a strong opinion. I just What, what I want to see is that the Rangers first team is getting good players in from the, the you know from the B team or the youth team or whatever you want to call it. That That's my main concern, I suppose. How that's achieved, I don't necessarily have a strong opinion on. Oh, that's many a many an evil man has said. Doesn't matter how we get there, as long as we get it done. Uh, the <laughs> outcome outweighs the means. Um, well, we're on that point that Bill said there then um, about you know that's the outcome that we all want to see more young players waiting through into the Rangers first team. For you know the the man on the ground and the man who watches more often than not um, the Foreigners. Who who would you be expecting to break into? Probably it's a twofold question. Anybody consistently getting game time next year and who's going to start to make the step up here and there on the bench? I think Bailey Rice is the obvious one. Anybody that's watched Bailey, you know, if you had seen him a couple of times for Mullerwell and at the time when obviously people were going to realise that Bailey probably wasn't going to be staying there, um, Rangers were touted to be trying to get him. But to be honest, given that most of the, the kind of best young Scottish players when their contracts are signing pro tend to end up going to England, I think there was a kind of general consensus that we all thought Bailey was going to end up there. Um, and then just one day, it was obviously got a message to say it was like Bailey signing for Rangers, which was a shock. I mean, I've got to be honest, I, like, I really didn't see it coming. Um, but as soon as the kid just kind of walked onto the pitch, it's... I don't know what you see, like it's not an arrogance, it's like a confidence he's got in his own ability that you just don't see in a lot of players. And I think after maybe three or four games, the kind of guys that go to the the games were all like, This kid will play in the first team in the next couple of months. Like it didn't take much. You could just tell his composure on the ball, 
the way that you can always kind of find space on a football pitch. I think he could even play as a centre-back, just like that sweeper centre-back, that third centre-back, just take the ball and step out with it. He's got that kind of quality. Um, he's got a great range of passing. He probably should score more goals because he's actually got a really good strike on him. He's got a really good football brain. Um, just a really, really good young player. And the fact that he played in like the UEFA Youth League against Liverpool the day he turned 16, that shows you the confidence Rangers had in him to play that day. Uh, Archie Stevens, I really like Archie. He was unlucky. He got a really bad injury playing for England under 17. But he's, he's an exceptionally talented young player. Signed from AFC Wimbledon already. Played for the England under 17s. Just think he's got qualities that you don't see in every player. And then obviously Zach Lovelace. I mean, I, I mean, I joked to Craig Mahorn. I said, I think we should be doing like a test on this guy to make sure he's 16 because I'd never seen a 16 year old that size before. I mean, he walked by us at the training ground after like the first week or two, and you were just like, "There's no way that guy's 16." Do you know what? It was it was impossible. And then we kind of spoke to one of the guys that works up there, and when he did like his kind of fitness checks before he signed for the club, apparently his stats were like first team stats, basically. You know, like his running power, his jumping ability, his power from like a short start, like the bursts of pace, everything that you sort of require to be. Basically, this guy at 16 already had, you know, the stats that the first team players had. And then when you watched him play, you were just like, this guy's going to bully people. And he did. And you can physically, visibly see that when he plays against other B teams. You look, see when you watch Zach play, he, he's still raw in some ways. And I think that's something you have to accept. He's raw because he is still only a very, very young lad. But when you look at all the attributes he has, He's got all the attributes required to be a first-team player. And there's already talk that next season he's going to be going out on loan, and that could potentially be a Premier League football club. Now, I don't know if that's going to be the case or not, but there has been rumours that one or two clubs have already asked the question if Zach's going to be going out on loan next year. And if that's the case and he's going to play in the Prem next year out on loan, that can only be a good thing for Zach Lovelace. I think Bailey Rice is the tough one. I'm not so sure Ragnars will want to let Bailey Rice go out and loan. I think they'll just move Bailey into the first team and he'll drop in and out of these best versus best games. Because I think they'll believe that by keeping Bailey in-house, they can actually like, can I do more with him. And I think that's a big thing. I'm not too sure about Archie Stevens. He might be one that might push for a loan just because he wants to go and play and he'll know that like the next step for him would have been playing in the Lowland League, which now that that's not going to happen, it'll be interesting to see how the club kind of look at Archie's development. But for me, he is a really talented kid who has got an unbelievable knack of scoring goals. And as he up until he got that bad injury, he was probably going to score a silly amount of goals for the under-18s until that happened. But I don't know, like it's see because we don't know what's happening next season with the reserves of B team. It's really hard to know how we're going to do things. They've obviously got a small pre-season planned with the two games in Northern Ireland. They'll probably play some bounce games up at the training ground as well. But see until you actually know what's happening and the fact there's still no head of academy, um, it, it's it's hard, it's hard even for somebody like me. Yeah, like it's hard for somebody like me to actually say because I don't know. And in previous years, that's not been the case. You know, like so we've known where we're going to be in pre-season. You knew when the Lowland League was starting. You knew you would play in the Glasgow Cup. You would play in the Challenge Cup. There was an opportunity to play, obviously, in the UEFA Youth League, having won the league and then making it into the Champions League last year. Um, but I me mean, moving out of this season, at the moment, all we've really got is the Glasgow Cup, um, the Challenge Cup. And if Rangers don't make the Champions League, then there's no UEFA Youth League for Rangers Isla because we didn't right. win the under eighteen league. Um so at the moment it's it's really difficult to sit here and say anything too positive because I don't know and unless people at Rangers are going to come out and comment on it, everybody's just kinda of stuck between being an under eighteen player and basically playing for the Rangers first team. Scott, I wanted put the question to you about Rangers, you say, loans and going forward, there's some like, um, want to 
one of the um, one of the podders made her debut um, a couple of weeks ago. Shona, she's saying she'd like to see Lauren King going out on loan, and there has been a few listeners um, call out that you know ask the question about the loans and how well have they done. Marsha with the loan shot that. There's only really two main successes over the, the last 20 odd years. Well, maybe three if you include Charlie Adam, but it's Alan McGregor, Charlie Adam, and Robbie McCrory, who potentially might be a success if I'm clutching at straws. But Rangers typically aren't very successful putting young players out on loan and bringing them back to be regular first team players. And some recent examples Josh McPake, I was a big, big fan of at the under 18 level. Cole McKinnon, I really, really liked him in the middle of the park, but he's not really done it for Party Fissel. For me, I, I don't know if I'm maybe being a bit harsh, but where do you lie in the, in the loan questions in Rangers' use? I think they have a positive. So, like, for example, like last season, a big one was for me was a guy, Tony Weston, who was a really good goal scorer in the Lowland League. Was scoring, I think he scored something like 25 goals last season in the Lowland League. Done really well. Went to Parthic Thistle and just never got going. And you could see that difference. And even at Championship from Lowland League, he was scoring in the Lowland League for fun. Goes to Championship, hardly gets a sniff. And then Rangers release him. And it just shows you that thing of loans can have their negatives. You've made a good point there about Alan McGregor, eh, who was a loan. Charlie Adam, Charlie Adam, a good loan spell. I think it was at Lincoln Fernland as well. They went to they. Alan McGregor took a while to get going in the first team. For example, Charlie Adam never really got a run together. Played a few big games, ended up going to Blackpool and loan, and it worked out quite well for Blackpool. It certainly didn't work out too great for Rangers. But the pro the the loan thing is obviously you're getting into a, a better level. Just to back up Will's point, I absolutely adore Bailey Rice. I think Bailey Rice is the closest Rangers have had to uh, Barry Ferguson. I really do. Just that way ahead of his time, just an old head and young shoulders. Coming from Motherwell, I spoke to a couple of people at Motherwell just when he was kind of getting talked about there, and they said this boy's this boy could go into Motherwell's first team now, but we just want to protect him. We want to keep him right because going in there, a young team at 16, yeah, if you're good enough, you're old enough, but it can sometimes have a really bad effect on you. There's a few examples of that just kind of in Scotland as well. Scotland's whole record of youth youth team is horrendous. Just youth football is horrendous from as a whole. Not just Rangers. Scotland's youth record is horrific. How many? I go back to something that Craig Brown actually told me. He said to me a, a couple of years ago, we had a he had a team in the the final of the World Youth Championship, and I think it was 1991, and they got to the final, but beaten by Saudi Arabia, who Saudi Arabia had the team behind their young their youngest player in that team was at 45, but he made a point that day, he says, out of the like the 11 players that played that team, only one of them played for Scotland's men's national team. So why is there such a step up from youth level to national team level? And the simple answer is in the middle of the clubs. The clubs don't give enough players opportunities. Now, I look at, even across the city, a guy, William, William will maybe know, just be, be kind of following the League Ben Doak rip teams apart goes to Liverpool and does the same thing there he's he's a guy you're going to see playing for Liverpool on a regular basis Calvin Ramsey at Aberdeen does well for them goes to Liverpool he's going out and loan to Preston North End so there's there's positives of a loan system Rangers Rangers have never been good at you Rangers brought Murray Park in 20 years ago and I think me, William was, me and William had this conversation last, kind of last time that we were on a podcast together Murray Park has been an absolute failure. Where it was, there was so much money spent on it. Rangers have not had the use, had not had the rewards at Murray Park for twenty years. It was, it was brought in to be an academy to bring through the youth. It was meant to be, it was an advocate plan, obviously of kind of youth. He obviously came from Holland, where youth football was their number one. They're playing, they're playing a kind of good level for kind of four or five years old, and it's never really worked. Now my big problem with that is is that Rangers didn't invest, invest enough money into their youth team when they were kind of in that kind of two thousand the kind of mid two thousands. But two thousand twelve presented a perfect opportunity for Rangers youth. Now I'll explain why. Rangers going down to the third division, Rangers had the chance to build nine or ten youth players playing in the third division. They didn't need to go and waste a lot of money and they got like Kevin Kyle and Ian Black and give ridiculous contracts out. They had nine or ten players who they could bring through. Like I always go back to the first time I seen Lewis McLeod, you could tell Lewis McLeod was a super player. Now, obviously, it didn't help with injuries, 
Rangers should have been building these guys in that that division up for, for three years and going, right, you're going to play every week, you're going to have the experience of guys like Lee Wallace and Lee McCulloch alongside you, you're going to play at a good level every week, you're going to play in front of 50,000, this is a perfect opportunity for you. They, they, they didn't get it, they didn't get it. Lewis McLeod was sold for half a million quid. Do you know what I mean? Lewis McLeod should have been going for Nathan Patterson money because he was that good, but he just didn't get opportunities. Injuries didn't help him, but I think a six or seven guys like that who just didn't get the chances at Rangers in that, that time and ended up leaving for nothing. Barry Mackay has went on to have a really, really decent career. Just off the top of my head, I look at guys like the the two that always stick out to be Ross McCormack, didn't get much of a chance at Rangers, goes on to put how much money, £50 million pounds worth of transfer fees been spent on him over the years. Yeah. And then you see, like a guy, for example, just like Charlie Adams, or maybe a, another example. There's so many different guys who have come into Rangers. William will say, I think as well, Nathan Young Coombs, remember him a couple of years ago? What I think brought him in. Yeah, was fairly decent. Was raw. Was was very raw when he was at Rangers. Brentford take him. Rangers get Rangers get very little for him. He's now playing. He's he's played the Premier League for Brentford. He will be a he will be a regular in the Premier League for Brentford. Rangers just let guys go too early. Same same with a lot of clubs in Scotland. They let guys to go too early. The best team that actually producing young players in Scotland for many years has been Hamilton. Lewis Ferguson's a perfect example. Lewis Ferguson, Rangers let Lewis Ferguson go to Hamilton. Hamilton sold him to Aberdeen. Hamilton, I'm pretty sure, got a fee when he went to Bologna just because they were careful. They nurtured him well. They were careful. Sold him to Aberdeen. Went on and thrived at Aberdeen. Then goes in the set. He's playing regular football in the Serie A. That's how you do it. If you don't think you're good, if you don't think he's Rangers level, fair enough. But you 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 sell them on. You sell them on for a good fee. You have wee clauses in the background. You don't just let them go for nothing. You don't do what they did with Ross McCormack. Let them go to Motherwell, I think it was, and then he goes for fifteen million pounds. How much did Rangers see of that? Zero. Just because they didn't, they weren't careful. They didn't think of the youth. Rangers have Rangers have abandoned their youth policy. They're starting to get it right now, and that's where I, I give a lot of the praise to Ross Wilson. Who I've not praised very much in the past couple of years, but I will not go down. That will not go down well with the listeners. <laughs> Go again. One thing, one thing Ross Wilson did do well was he came in and said, "Right, right, we need a youth policy here. We need to bring in guys." As Zach Lovelace from Millwall, Archie Stevens, I think it was Wimbledon he came from. The boy is it Nzio? Is it is that how you pronounce it? The guy he would. Ah, yeah, Paul Nzio. Paul Nzio. They brought him in for very little. They brought in Tony Weston for little. That didn't work. A guy who I really liked, who I'm surprised they let go, was Charlie Lindsay. I thought Charlie Lindsay was really good last year in the Lowland League. Hasn't. Why has he been let go? He could go. He could be going to a. I don't know where he's going to end up, but if I was a, Premier, a Scottish Premiership team, I'd be trying to get him, even a, a English League One, League Two team, get him in because he's so good. And he's had that experience of playing against older opposition that not many other players at that level have had. So. Why are they letting these guys go? Another guy who I really liked as well, who they let go, was uh, Jordan Thompson. They let him go. He went to Stoke, I think it was. Yeah, he went down south, didn't he? Northern Irish International. Do you know what I mean? Been touted for a Premier League move. So there's, there's so many cases of that of just Rangers letting guys go too early. Uh, and I think you make a really good point where we're doing parts of the academy, right? I think we are doing parts of the structure, right? But, Bill, ultimately, it is all going to depend on, you know... I think David Park said um, a few weeks ago that work is when ability meets opportunity and we can have all the ability in the world, but if there is no opportunity. And for me, what's been really, really frustrating is Van Bronckhorst wasn't great at giving youth players opportunities. Gerard wasn't great at all. Um, and even, right, I'm not going to go um, between the years of 2012 and 2016. That was just a riot. We had bigger issues in their youth setup, but it really does fall down to Michael Beale now. And, you know, we I think we yeah. we all agree that there's talent in the academy and probably more talent what we need to do with, but it's that opportunity. And I do understand that it. it's, it's easy to bleed the teams in, bleed jump players into teams when you're winning and you've got a winning environment and it's less mm-hmm. of a gamble. But ultimately, if we do what CSC says, we need to take a gamble some. So do you see Beale taking that gamble? No, and I mean, are you telling me that the likes of Alex Rowe, Alex Lowry, can he turn up and you know do the business against some of the dross and the the Scottish Premier League, some of the teams that just sit in and defend against us? 
You know, I, I think Alex Lowry is a case in point. Is has got a pass that can unpick a defence. I, I think he needs to play more. Um, so I, I don't know, but what you were saying about you know Geo and Gerard and all of that. I've been watching Rangers since the late eighties, early nineties, really when you know I sort of remember growing up and every Rangers manager in my lifetime. There's not one of them has, in my opinion, brought through enough young players. We have had some great young players come through into the team, you know, guys like Barry Ferguson, but it's almost once in a generation where something like that really happens, you know, it's, you don't get a huge number of players coming through. So all Rangers managers were like that. Uh, Scott actually made a good point about, you know, post-2012 was the perfect chance to give some of those young guys in the academy at that time the experience of playing in front of 50,000 every week because, you know, when you're in the lower leagues, but uh, I digress, but... Hopefully, Bill can get this right, and it's going to be it's going to be difficult because there is that pressure as a Rangers manager. You've got to win. You've got to win every game, but you know, six or seven out of every ten games, we're playing teams that we're expected to beat comfortably, and I'm sure we could get at least one of those boys on the starting eleven and one of them on the bench. And you know, I, I think that's potentially the way to do it. To return to a point I made at the start tonight about how you know, the success or failure of the Lowland Lake experiment and of the, the B team and the academy more generally is going to be judged on how many players we get through that have a good quality into the first team. Um, I'm not expecting, I think, huge numbers, but at least one or two a season, I think, would be a decent barometer. And it's not to say those guys need to go on and have long careers in the Rangers first team, but, you know, coming in and performing at a decent level and showing us that what we're actually doing at the lower levels is working. And I know, Willie, obviously you watch a lot more of the B team than I do and you'll have kind of more opinions on guys that are in the B team at the moment. But, you you know, looking at some of those players, there is some exciting players there. We, we mentioned already guys like Lowry, there's guys like Lovelace, you know, Robbie Ure is another one I think is really exciting. And we need to start giving them those chances. We need to just sort of bite the bullet and say, right, come on, we're just we're going to start whoever the player is against whether it's, you know, a, a kind of team like Ross County or something like that and just put them out there. They'll do their best. I'm sure we'll still get the result. You know, I just, I, I, I get that as a Rangers manager, you've got to win, but surely there's got to be some room for putting these guys in the team. There was a couple of comments saying that because they, um, where we are this season, this season isn't the season to do it. We need to win the title. Since nine in a row, there's no been a season where we said no. The title is a must. It's like that. That's not going to go away. That pressure, that expectation, isn't going to go away. I think we do. Yeah. I've said this time and time again on the uh, on the pod. As a fan base, and nobody shoot me. Right, I love you all. But as a fan base, we are not very patient. Um, we like the idea of young players coming through until we actually see the reality of that. And I think Leon King's a perfect example. I still think Leon King's going to be a big, big player for Rangers in the next few years. I really rate him highly. But you see some players writing him off because he was playing. Yeah. He had a poor game at centre-half in the Champions League alongside James Sands. It's absolute nonsense. And, yeah. you know, I think that's something we need to take our expectations away. But... That's us just got to the hour. Uh, Mark Gents and um, I, I think we, we could probably continue the conversation all night about the B team and impact, but I think this is just the time as any to wrap it up. Um, just a wee call to arms for the listeners, which is coming up this week. We'll be back tomorrow morning with um, our daily news show, Monday to Friday. Myself and all the two Davies will be with you every morning. And, of course... We'll be back on Thursday night to talk all things first team. And hopefully by then, we've got another few shiny signings to speak about. Um, but all that's left to do um, is thank my three guests for tonight. First of all, Willie, thanks very much for coming on, mate. Yeah, it was good, mate. Good to chat about the academy as always. Thanks very much. No bother at all. And where can the listeners find you? You ain't coming up in the rabble or anything? Um, I don't know what Martin's doing. Martin's basically the overseer. I just kind of turned up on the, the dawn week. of the rabble. I basically, I mean, most of the time you can just catch me on Twitter. Um, at RFC Youth Updates or on Instagram. That's where I am most of the time. Although this is the kind of downtime for me because it's the off season. But it was good to see the under fourteens won in the tournament over in Spain today. They beat Athletic Bilbao in the final. So hopefully, maybe one of those boys might be good enough to make it into the Rangers first team in the future. You never know. 
Here's hoping, mate. Here's hoping. Also joining us tonight was Scott for SM Media. Really appreciate you coming on and been listening all day, mate. Thank you. No pleasure, mate. Thank you very much. Uh, good to good to all you guys. It was a pleasure. No, and just another wee reminder of what's coming up in SM Media. Yeah, uh, Rangers Assessment will be launching on the 17th of July. That'll be on the Monday. You can follow us on Rangers Assess SM. Uh, you can also follow our main channels, uh, SM Media ENT. That's going to be uh, daily Scottish football content. You'll get a lot of kind of non-league stuff. If you love the Lowland League and you, you want to keep following, even though Rangers aren't in it, tune into our roundup. You'll see that every week. And it's always always it's always good to cover Rangers and that. And it's some but yeah, Rangers assessment uh, going forward over uh, men and women's team coverage uh, on a daily basis. So tune in for that. Hopefully see you on, on there soon, guys. Yep, I'll come I'll come on and absolutely downgrade that. So again, you know, I'm all for promoting Rangers alternatives. So if you don't like the sound of my dulcet tones and go over to the rabble or the Rangers assessment, I won't be offended. <laughs> Last but not least, um, Bill, thanks for coming on, mate. And thank you for getting through it without taking your tarp off and professing your love for Scott because I know you're a big SM media fan. <laughs> I am, yes. Um, I, I watch a lot of your stuff, Scott, as you know. Uh, and so, a pleasure to be on with you tonight, sir, and thanks for having me on, Colin. Uh, good to just chat about the B team, which is something a bit different from what we're normally talking about when I'm on. So, thanks, everybody. No, it's been good to actually do it justice because usually it's just a, a throwaway comment because there's been that much going on at Rangers um, over the, you know, it's always the case. Um, but no, I really enjoyed that. So thank you again, gentlemen, and thank you to all the listeners. We'll be back with you throughout the week. Take care.